Thank you. 
rivers of living waters. Some of you have sold. What you need is the rain. Oh, rivers, rivers of living waters. Your prayers as seeds. Your offerings as seeds. Your time in His presence as seeds.
job is timing. Your labors have been rewarded. Your labors in the Lord are being rewarded now. Your efforts. Says ask the Lord for rain in the time of the letter rain. And he shall send it with lightning.
todos. Establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Because after you have suffered, you are. Verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I heard the Spirit of God say, You are not the first to suffer. There are others who have went through the very same thing who I have brought out by my grace. Pray for grace. I listen to me. When you go through trials, when you go through tribulations or testings in your life. Pray for more grace. It is grace that was allocated to Paul when he prayed concerning his thorn in the flesh. So we must pray for more grace in the heat of battle. 
Hallelujah. Remember, life is spiritual. There's a lot that goes on that we do not see that affects what we see. Zechariah. I don't even know what we're doing in Zechariah, but let's find out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what we're doing in Zechariah. Let's find out. Alright? Okay. Verse 6. We're all the same. We don't know. Then the angel of the Lord, chapter 3, verse 6. Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house. Likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Hear, O Joshua the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you. For they are a wondrous sign. For they are. Who's a wondrous sign? Huh? Who's a wondrous sign? Joshua? Huh? Who's the wondrous sign? The ones who are standing, sitting before him, right? Who are these that are sitting before him? Because he says, they are a wondrous sign. Oh, were you there? <laughs> he says, your companions before you, for they are a wondrous sign. Notice what God is promising this man. He's promising him access. Not only to judge his house, but to have places to walk among those who stand here. So if you, if you read from verse 1, you will find that Joshua was standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan was beside him accusing him, right? And then the angel of the Lord said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And then the angel of the Lord said, remove his filthy clothes and put on new clothes on him. But where was he? Where was he? First, he's the high priest. So, whatever or wherever he is standing must have been a place greater than where the priest usually stands. But God says, I will give you places to walk among these. I will give you places to walk among these. He says, they are your companions. So, whoever they are, they are not angels, they are men. Now, it, we're going somewhere, right? For behold, woo, for behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. Who? The branch. My servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that are laid before Joshua. Ah. Ah. 
Upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its descriptions and city, says the Lord of hosts. And I'll remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. But I want you to, to see is what he says. He says, for behold the stone. Remember the Bible says that Jesus is the stone which the builders rejected and has now become the chief So he says, behold the stone, my servant of God. So whoever is talking to, he is before. He says, the stone is before Joshua. The stone is before Joshua. And he says, upon that stone are seven eyes. Upon that stone are seven eyes. Last week, we, 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 we established the fact that God uses the high priest to erect his sanctuary that every single person who is part of the body of Christ forms part of the stone which ultimately is fitted into the building that God will use as his habitation but what I want you to see is that he does not use all kinds of stone because the description he gives us here of the stone that's before Joshua is the stone upon whom there are seven eyes so every stone that is fit to be used as a building of God is a stone that must have seven eyes. So let's find out what the seven eyes are. Right? Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. So, it's, it's already established that the, the priesthood is not something that's done away with, right? You there? Verse 6. And I, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders. Now you, now the stone that was before Joshua, who was before the companions? Who? who? So he says, I saw this, this, this lamb. He stood as a lamb as though he had been slain. Having what? Having what? Having what? Seven eyes. Having what? Seven eyes. And seven eyes. which are the seven spirits of God. So when we look at things in, in typology, the Bible, we cannot make our assumptions as to what they mean. Like if we did not have this reference as to what the seven eyes are, we could not infer any uh, uh, assumption or opinion over what those seven eyes are, right? So the Bible is, is a book that is self-explanatory, it explains itself. So he says that the seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. So in the reality of the seven eyes that was seen by Zechariah is the seven spirits of God. 
He says, send out into all the earth. So he says, upon the stone are seven eyes. Upon the stone are seven eyes. So the stone, the branch, the stone, the branch, the stone, the branch must have what? Seven eyes. Isaiah 11. Probably that's why we were in Zechariah. Isaiah chapter 11. With them? Then a rod, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jess. And a branch shall grow out of his root. Remember my servant? My servant there? And then he is saying, A branch shall grow out of his root. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. How many spirit, how many times is spirit mentioned there? No, seven. Yeah, seven. How many times? Seven. seven. So it's the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Seven. So the Bible is uniform. Do you see that? Uniform. And these are two, three, three separate <clears throat> visions that describe one person and one revelation. Isaiah saw it at a different dispensation. Zechariah saw it at a different, in a different dispensation. John saw it in a different dispensation. But the uniformity is that upon the branch, which is the stone, seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God. Isaiah tables tells us the seven spirits of God. So he tells us this, that the role of the spirit in the priesthood cannot be overemphasized. The role of the spirit in the kingdom can never be overemphasized. So the Holy Spirit is the important element in the priesthood. The most important element in the kingdom the most important element in Christianity. So all these things are established upon the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one that is governing everything. Except he governs, nothing moves. Let me show you something. Isaiah, uh -uh. Hebrews, chapter number 9. Hebrews, chapter number 9. Retezunusha.
We there? All right. Uh, let's see where we can take it from. Verse number 11. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come. With, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Now, he says, he came with, he came with the greater and more perfect tabernacle. And that tabernacle was not of this creation. So he's speaking about a tabernacle that exists in the spirit. It is the same tabernacle that Moses used to build the tabernacle here on earth. So he says, the tabernacle that he came with as a high priest is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own. He entered the most holy place once and for all with his own. own. He entered the most holy place once and for all. Having obtained re eternal redemption. Ooh, wish I could stay there. Eternal redemption. Okay. For if the blood of bulls and goats. Remember he entered. Right? If the blood of bulls and goats. And the ashes of a heifer. Sprinkling the unclean. Sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through ah, the eternal spirit offered up himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see that? He said he offered himself through the eternal spirit. He was the high priest, was he not? Did he not have access into the most holy place? But the Bible tells us that the only way he had access was through the eternal spirit. It was only when he offered up himself through the spirit. So if he entered the most holy place, by whom did he enter? Yeah? By the spirit. If he offered his blood, by whom did he offer it? If he sat down on the throne of majesty, by whom did he do it? From the time Jesus was born to the time he has died and rose again and ascended into the heavens, everything of significance that he did was through the Spirit of God. Peter, let me show you something. Peter chapter first Peter chapter three. For Christ also suffered. Chapter three, verse thirteen, eighteen. For Christ also suffered. For, for the just. For mm, that he might bring us to being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit. Oh, now let me ask you this. 
Alright? When he said, being put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit, is he talking about after he was resurrected or before he was resurrected? Before he was resurrected. Why do you say before? Yes. Yes. So, he, he died in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit. He's telling us that in order for him to access the regions of the dead, he actually needed to die in the flesh. So his death was actually an entrance. His death was actually an access into the regions of the dead. Remember, the Bible says when he held on the cross, what happened? The earth shook. Remember? And the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And then the Bible says, and the graves opened. The graves opened when he died, when he was on the cross. That's when the graves opened. They only came out after he resurrected. Read Matthew. So, so when he died in the flesh, the Bible says he was made alive by the Spirit. So, in the natural, when we were looking there, we saw Jesus dead. Right? We saw Jesus dead, but he wasn't dead. Because the Bible says, when he died, he was made alive. For he who suffered in the flesh. That's why the, the theology of some who say that when Jesus was, went to hell, he went as a prisoner. is a faulty one. It's a very faulty one. Because how can you imprison somebody before or after he has made a public spectacle of you? Because it was still when he was alive on the cross that he spoiled all principality. Now he's going to hell as a prisoner. Whereas on the cross, he was parading his victory. Doesn't make sense. You see that? So the, it is faulty to assume that Jesus Christ went down into hell as a prisoner. He could not have. It is impossible. What Jesus was doing on the cross was a, a, a legal thing. It was a legal thing. But the essence, the vitality, the reality of it was that he was stripping all principalities and powers of their power. So this aligns exactly with what Peter says when he says he what? He put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit. Notice, not in by the spirit. By whom? Who is he referring to? The spirit by whom he went and preached. So he went into hell by the spirit. Now, what this does to, to the entire theology of the passion of Christ is that it puts Jesus consistently at the head. At the head. There was no battle. If the, the battle that took place was on the cross. If it was a battle, it took place on the cross. But when he went into the regions of the day, it was no, there was no battle. How then could he access? Did he not say, 
that Satan was one who had the keys of Hades. Now, how then, after Satan has destroyed him on the, on the uh, 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 I mean, after he destroyed Satan on the cross, how can now Satan open the gates for him to come into hell and bring out people? Do you think Satan will do that? So he had to get the keys before he went down. Do you understand? He had to get the keys before he went, not after. He says, I have the keys of Hades. Jesus says, I have the keys of Hades. So the keys he had to get before. And he had to get on the cross. We'll deal with that subject another time, alright? Because there are many elements and many layers into that. That's why many of God's people do not understand the power of the blood and how to work it out in their lives. Because of this, of that thing over there on the cross. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, he says, made alive by the Spirit. By whom? Also. By whom also? The Spirit. He went and preached to the spirits in prison. So when Jesus was preaching in prison, he was preaching by whom? He was preaching by who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. Let me, let me just explain quickly what that means, right? He says, God's, the word long-suffering there is microtumia. It means to bear the load. It's the word that we get patience. What he's actually saying, he's saying that while Noah was building the ark, God's long-suffering or, or his patience for judgment was being stayed. So he could not act in judgment until the ark was finished. Are you following me? So the ark was actually what? Was actually a timekeeper for judgment. It was God's way God's system to stay his judgment. So he says to Noah, build the ark. While Noah is building the ark, God is doing what? His long suffering is waiting. Waiting for judgment. It is the same. The only thing Jesus is waiting for now is not the culmination of the times, but for his church and his church to be built. That's the only thing he's waiting for. The church of Jesus Christ is like the Noah of ark. When that ark is built, he will come. So he says the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being built in which a few souls, that is eight souls, were saved through water. You know, every time I read that, I cringe. I cringe. You know, cringe. Because you mean to tell me that out of all the people that were existing in that dispensation of time, only eight, only, do you know what eight is? Yeah? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Only eight were saved. And the ark was, was more than enough to fit everybody in. Only eight. Our Lord said, just as in the days, so shall the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, 
exactly the same. So, there would be an engineering of some sort of the spirit where the days of Noah will repeat themselves. So, if in the days of Noah they were eating and drinking, right? And marrying and giving in marriage until Noah entered the ark. Right? And they did not know it. The Bible says they did not know it. Think they did not know it. What does that tell you? Well, they know when we have left. Since they did not know it until they did not know it. But they were destroyed. Only eight were in the ark. So you mean to tell me in all that generation, there wasn't at least a few who were holy. Is the pattern that carries itself throughout the generations. God said to Abraham when he went to go destroy Sodom, Abraham asked him, if you find at least 10, will you save that city? God says, surely I will save, I will spare. Did Sodom survive? Why did he survive? God didn't find him. <laughs> God didn't find him. He only found one. And, 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 and here's the strange thing. The strange thing is that those who came out of Sodom and Gomorrah were only four. It was Lot, his two daughters, and his wife. His wife didn't last, so they were there. It's a pity. And you see, this is something we must remind ourselves over and over again to help us live clean lives, to help us live holy lives, to help us live in the will of God. Because once the divine long-suffering stops waiting, it's over. So the only thing that God is waiting for now is for his church to be built. And here's the thing. He's not waiting for everybody in the church. Oh. You see, here's the problem. And that's why many people think Jesus Christ is not coming back. You know why? Because we look at the state of the global church, right? And you say, Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. the church is not ready. The church is not ready because you look at the average and you're like, no, no, no. But he's not waiting. He's not looking for everybody. Mm. So the problem is that we are looking at who is not ready. We are looking at who is not ready and we forget. God said to Elijah, I have 7,000 who have hid in the caves that have not bowed down to Baal's yet. So there is a remnant that God is raising. Oh. Though Israel's number is as large as the sand of the seashore, yet only a remnant shall be saved. And you see, this message that I'm teaching you is to prepare you, is to help you prepare and navigate your life rightly on the course. Jesus is coming back. Oh, oh, one fellow well, he was in fasting. Another, he's a friend of my, uh, a friend of mine from Saturday. So he was fasting here with his wife. They were they entered into a fast. So the last day of the fast, they were sitting in the kitchen. An angel appeared from nowhere, physically. An angel appeared and he said, "I have been sent 
by the Master Jesus. They told me to tell you to tell his people that his coming is no longer soon. It is now. But my people are not ready. Many of them are worldly and covered and very sinful. He says, tell them to put on new garments for my time and coming is hear something like that and, and you hear it and it, you know it's just like music to your ears. Something is wrong with you. Something is wrong. So what caused them not to enter it was disobedience. So that's that's what that 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 uh, <laughs> and there's another mystery in the Bible. I'll I'll share with you. I'll share with you. I'll share with you. Let let me share with you. Let me share with you. Second Peter. Says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. While the bridegroom t- and this is what's happening now. He is tarrying. And you know what's happening? A slumber has entered the church. Paul said, every man seek their own and not the things that concern the Lord. God showed me this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Second Peter. When the Spirit of God showed me this. Krasheda Trapati Zarakasanda. The Conde Gresha Tabrakiza Shali Trapazando Kotori Ribo Suto Korogobo Shali Trapasanda. You there? Let's read chapter 2. I want you to see something. Verse 4. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them. I heard one, I heard one uh, a preacher man of God say that uh, there were other angels who rebelled before Satan. And I heard that, I thought that was stupid. Because if that were the case, the Bible would have mentioned it. His argument is that there were angels who are held imprisonment. In judgment and those who were in Genesis chapter 6 who mated with the children of men but that's illogical that's illogical because you 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 cannot you cannot formulate a, a doctrine based on one setting you understand that the fall of Satan is something that happened before time 
You see, something that's not recorded in time is something that happened in the heavens. So whatever happened there, whether the angels fell, all the angels that fell, it is consistent with Satan's rebellion. Because he is the chief. The Bible says he is the chief of all demons. You understand that? Yes. So it's like it's like when you want to do a coup. You don't do it alone, right? But there is a leader. Right? And you may never get to see all the foot soldiers who are carrying out the purpose of that. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe you, you are trying to you know be more revelational. But that's true. It's stupid. So, 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 if, 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 if the angels fell, if the angels, if there were angels that fell before Satan, why is it the Bible saying it? No, they are reserved. These are angels that were reserved. In, yes, they were because they are, Satan doesn't need to be the most powerful demon to be the leader. Do you get that? Jesus, when Jesus spoke about this generation, he said one thing. He said, this generation is like an unclean spirit coming out of a man that goes into what? To the dry places to seek rest and finds none. And then he says, I will go back to my house from where I come from. When he gets there, he finds the house empty. Who has occupied the house? The unclean spirit. Whose house was it? The unclean spirit. And then he says, when he finds the house, what empty does what? He goes and fetches how many? Who are more wicked than himself. But who is the landlord? The unclean spirit. So it matters not if they are unclean. Those who are more wicked than him. Do you understand? He fetches them. Where is he fetching them from? And he knows that they are more powerful than me. Then he says, so is this generation. So he's telling us that this generation is ruled by Satan. That's why the Bible says, when we, we, the nations of the earth shall see him, they shall wonder. Is this that brought the nations to its knees? Because he is not the most powerful, but he's the smartest. Remember, wisdom rules over might. That's why Apollyon, Apollyon, Abaddon, the prince of, of the bottomless pit, is bound now and not Satan. Because Apollyon commands 200 million angels, demons. There are four others. Four others. That are locked up where? In the river Euphrates. It's Bible this thing. You have said that? It's the Bible. The Bible will never contradict itself. Someone, some say, another one said that the sons of God in Genesis were not angels. They were men. Because God never made angels in his image. So how can men now produce giants? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. But in Job, the Bible says, and the sons of God clapped their heads before the foundations of the earth. Now, where, which man was there that was clapping his hands before the foundation of the earth? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to show you, you must know your Bible. Otherwise, you'll be caught up in many things. Yes, some say he's the son, son of Seth. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do these things matter? Definitely. 
Definitely. God doesn't put things there for, you know, it's there for a reason. And what, what you don't realize now, let me show you one quick thing that's happening. One quick thing that's happening. Uh, when the Twin Towers, in nine, when 9-11 struck, right? What, 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 what was the first thing America did? George Bush. What did he say? Declared war on where? Yes, right? And, and he declared war on Afghanistan, right? But he was actually going to where? Iraq. So, fine, there's that war that lasted for over seven years. Afterward, it brings back people, right? Then all of a sudden, an Islamic state called ISIS rises out of Iraq. And then there's war again in Iraq. And then in that war, something strange begins to happen. Iran starts getting involved. Turkey starts getting involved. The Kurds starts getting involved. All of a sudden, ISIS is fighting, is fighting, is fighting. In the midst of all that that's going on there, what's happening to Iraq? It's been flattened out. It's been flattened out. Iraq, Iran, Turkey, it's been flattened out. You know what I mean flattened out? The bombings, all those things, is to flatten out the land. There's a reason why. Remember the two, the, the, the two women that were flying with a basket in their head and inside, in Zechariah chapter 5, inside, and uh, uh, was, a, was, a, was a lead. And Zechariah asked, where are you taking this? And then he said, we are taking it where? To the land of Shinar. You know where Shinar? Shinar is Mesopotamia. You know where is Mesopotamia? Mesopotamia is present day Iraq. You know what is present-day Iraq? Present-day Iraq is the same land, same land, the exact same land that Nimrod built the Babel Tower. It was directly in Mesopotamia. That land, that land right now is being surveyed by demons. That's why it's been dilapidated like that. So when Teki got into the war, Teki was fixing itself up to be part of that because there is a river that runs right through around that whole region. Iran, Iraq, and Turkey. It, it, it is called what river? The river Euphrates. Over the past seven years now, something has been happening to that river. You know what has been happening? It's been drying up. Why has it been drying up? And I heard the voice, and he said unto me, what? Free the angels. They have been locked up in river Euphrates. That same place right now, that same region right now, you will see, you will see in a year or two, you will see that uh, there will be a convocation where the nations come together and say, we're going to rebuild Iran. It will not be a rebuilding. It is something else. So we are busy playing cat and mouse. And that's what they want. That's what they want. The elites of this world. To sidetrack you with all these nonsensical things going on. 
while you are there in the TV at the football stadium, they are busy setting up their next plan, their next strategy. Yes, while me and Chris are busy on the PlayStation, they are busy setting up their next strategy. Your own is not to fight them. No, we are not called to fight them. You see, our own is to is to keep our walk with God pure. Okay, let me show you this thing and then we go. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them up into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Right? And did not spare the angels. Do, 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 do you notice how God judges? Do you notice how God judges? Do you know how God judges? How God judges evil? He judges evil by letting it increase. That's how he judges. He judges evil by letting it rise. When you see evil rise in a, in a, in a region, in a nation, in a city, amongst a people, you must know God has, has prepared that section for judgment. Okay. He said he has reserved them for judgment, right? But these are the same angels that will be let out not too far from now. These are the same angels in the tribulation that will be let out, right? And the Bible says they were, they were given power to strike. <laughs> Read your Bible. The five angels, they were given power to strike. How? Why? Why did God let them out to judge them? Jesus said, and now is the prince of this world judged. Is he judged? Does he look like a judge? He's judged. Does he look like Satan is judged? But Jesus said he's judged. That's why there is, no, there is no appearance that Satan is ever going to do before God for his judgment. The false prophet, the antichrist, the Bible says they will be cast straight into the lake of fire. No judgment or judgment seat for them, right? Yes, why? Because their rise was their judgment. That's why he says the Lord knows how to reserve the wicked, the ungodly for judgment. <laughs> so, so sometimes we pray, oh God, open oh judgment. Oh Lord, we are tired of this evil city, evil nation. We are tired. Lord, you are praying, and the more you pray, the more evil this nation becomes. It's judgment. He must judge. He must judge it at its highest. That's why, before he could, every other kingdom, you look at Egypt, you look at uh, Babylon, you look at all the Assyrians. He waited for them to get to the highest. Look at Pharaoh, he was the greatest king. Look at Nebuchadnezzar, he was the greatest king. Look at Alexander the Great, he was the greatest Grecian king. Nero, all these uh, anti uh, 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 potters or something. Look at all them. Caesar. Hmm. So I'm saying this so that you don't be confident when you are sinning and sinning and nothing is happening. 
and you say, ha, 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 God is good. God is good. <laughs> ah, he has got you. <laughs> Hallelujah. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to change of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world. So there was a world before this, right? But saved Noah. Hey. Notice, he saved. He didn't save Noah and his wife, Noah and his family. He saved Noah. because the Bible never said Noah and his wife walked with God. The Bible never said Noah and his children and his sons walked with God. The Bible said Noah was righteous in all his generations. So, because they were his family, they had to come with him. But God saved. <laughs> one of eight people a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly who brought it in the saving of Noah brought it in the saving of Noah brought in the flood right and turning the cities of Sodom and into Condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live. <laughs> an example. So you, if you want to see the end of every anybody who lives ungodly, whether celebrity or whether your idol or whether your role model. Their example is the ancient world and Sodom and Gomorrah. God turned them to ashes. Again, how faith of God You know, doing whatever they are doing, in your heart you are like, Can I, maybe I should just have a taste. Remember Sodom. <laughs> because that's their end. No matter, that's their end. Their end, their end, their end is there. See, they will be reserved, destroyed. That's why it says, knowing the terror of God, we warn all men. Yeah, <laughs> and delivered righteous Lord who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of that of the wicked. My question is, why did he stay there? I mean, he was he had all the money in the world. Why did he continue? He was he can see he was vexed, his soul was vexed, he continued to stay there. To the point where, where the men of the city wanted to rape the angels. Lord says, okay, I will give you my children. Rape them rather. Imagine. How sick he had started to become. <laughs> Chapter 3. 
Chapter 3, you there? Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the in which the heavens will pass away with a and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Remember, he promised not to ever destroy the earth with, with flood, right? But he didn't promise not to burn it. <laughs> so he's going to burn this thing. says they will be burned up therefore therefore since all these things this is the thing i wanted to show you since all these things will be dissolved it's not a matter of maybe they will be dissolved since all these things will be dissolved what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness now listen to what he says in verse 12 looking for in holy conduct in holy conduct and godliness in holy conduct and godliness in holy conduct and godliness looking for right and then the what ah! looking for and let's read it slow let's read it slow therefore since all these things will be dissolved right what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness so he's talking about the persons we are to be in holy conduct and godliness right in holy conduct and godliness that's the manner of man we ought to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for right and now that, that makes sense that that yeah we are looking you know looking for searching for and then he says something strange hastening the coming of the day of god now stop there stop there did you read did you hear what you read he says in holy conduct and holy in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hasten the word hasten there you know you know what it means it means to speed up things so we can put there looking for and speeding up the coming of the day of god so he's telling us that our conduct speeds up the coming of the day of god So God is waiting until the number of those whom he has said that this is the number. He's waiting for that number to be filled. After that number of godly men and holy men and women are filled, he says he's coming. Hastening, he says our conduct, hastening the coming, speeding up the coming of the day of God. So he's telling us that holiness and godliness that's what is a catalyst to bringing god or the coming of jesus christ near now he's not waiting for everybody he's waiting for eight who knows what is his eight in this generation
Who knows what is his eight in this generation? Listen. Rapture, what God is only looking for. You must have... Can I help you? Remember, the end of this world is the beginning of another age. So, in God's mind, God is not thinking. His desire is that every man may be saved. But in reality, He knows not everybody will be saved. God knows it. He knows it. He knows not everybody. In His heart, He wishes every man. He's not willing that any man should perish. Right? But in reality, he knows not everybody will be saved. So what he does is that he preserves a remnant for for a purpose. There's a reason why he preserves a remnant. Because God still wants to perpetuate his agenda. But because of sin, his agenda has been halted. So after Jesus comes, Jesus, the coming of Jesus is the last event that is going to take place after the ushering in of a new millennium. In the new millennium, what's going to be happening? Don't you think people will still marry? Don't you think people will still live their lives? Don't you think people... People will still do all those things. Then, in that time, the Bible says that after a thousand years, the beast will be let out, right? And he will go to deceive the nations, to Gog and Magog. But here's the thing you must ask yourself. If, if the children born in a time of peace, right, and where, where they see the Lord, where they talk to the Lord, where they can see Him physically, they touch Him physically, is it possible for people in that dispensation to go against God? No. So if He's going to deceive the nation to God and Magog, who are these things that, that He's going to deceive? It is absolutely not people who are alive at that time. But it's people who have who lived at a certain time and died. And Satan will be given the power to resurrect them. Remember, and others will resurrect unto condemnation. <laughs> and then you will have the battle of Armageddon. Then an ushering in of a new age. We are closer to those days than me and you have thought. It says, blessed are those, blessed are those who take part in the resurrection. For they, it says, for the second death shall not have power over them. And he tells us the way, holy conduct and godliness. He's not grace here. Holy conduct and is not grace and mercy. Holy conduct and so the reason why I wanted to talk to you about the Holy Spirit is so that we can recognize his position in the body of Christ. And not only recognize him, but take a hold, hold on to him. Hold on to him. Because only he has the power to bring us and make us into men and women that Christ wants us to become. If I were you, I would be praying for death before rapture. I'll be praying, Lord, 
Let me die before because there is more risk of there is more risk of you staying behind than you at least dying. You see, well, at least when if you die now, maybe you will land you will land in paradise and you can still be trained up at least. So if I was you. What I will be because the Bible says, and they will run to the mountains and say, Fall on us for the great day of the Lamb has come. And he says, and death will run away from them. Even, even death is running away from them. <laughs> you will throw yourself, yeah, there will be people who will be throwing themselves over high buildings. Come down, hit the ground, pay only pain, no death. The, the hair will crack, yes. Only pain, no death. So if I'm you, I sit down, I introspect my life. Am I, am I really willing to do this? Holiness and godliness. If I see I'm not willing, I start going on my knee. Father, pray of death. Father, of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> or rather, let me be a martyr. <laughs> you, you fly, you go over to Iraq, you say, I serve Jesus, all of you are dogs, they shoot you dead, you get your reward. <laughs> Otherwise, no. risk. Eight people were saved. I'm going to never change you in the good house. See, I'm getting an opera Noah. in those days. Yeah? But see, I'm getting an opera Noah. You think association is enough? <laughs> Says two, two will be in the field. Mm. So if it's you and you, who is going, who's staying? The thing is two. So you must make sure that you are holier than him. If you are not, the risk. So the challenge, the challenge of godliness and holiness. Hastening the coming of the Lord. Ah, we are not at that level where, oh God, we are so bad people trying to do good. No. We are at that level where good is not good enough. The best is the place to be. Is the standard of Christ. Is that? And that's why every time you pray, pray for your brothers and sisters in other churches. Because Baruch Babona, they don't know these things. So we, 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 we've got to consider, consi consider death before rapture. Consider it. 
It's not that I'm not. No, I'm just considering. I get out just or give woman. Consider because at least if you die, you know, like you're still with the Lord, you're praying, you're doing all those things. Well, at least you know you're you're safe. <laughs> Unlike the trumpet sounds, and all of a sudden, and you're left. And you see, by the time you see him go, and you are you are not going, something is wrong. That means I'm staying. Twinkling of an eye is the twinkling of an eye thing. So if you blink, if you blink and you open and you disappear and you can still see yourself, brother, oh, shoo, it's over. You see, and you know what I'll be saying from up there? I told you to die. I told you. Because, because the Bible says, the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. At least we should die before that. You are the first one to rise without a shadow of doubt. Now you chose. Huh? Now, Lord, I'm going to see it through. <laughs> so we say, if, he didn't say if you stroll till the end. He didn't say if you take a stroll till the end. That's if you enjoy. It's not a stroll. He didn't say if you stroll till the end. He said if you enjoy. Till the end, you shall be saved. We don't want to stroll this thing. It says, when the love of men shall grow cold. So you have to start praying for matrador. matrador. You know, that we Chris, you're praying, Lord, if it is your will, let me be martyred. At least because the souls of those who are martyred are under the throne. Amen. I know it's a tough thing to, to swallow, but I'm trying to be there for you. Because once the, you know, chauffeur sounds, once the trumpet sounds, I'm gone. And you can't share holiness. You can't say, hey, Lord, holiness. No, it's over. And you have to stay and see the Antichrist and see the beast. So, if you don't want all of those things, you must commit to live a life of holiness, a life of godliness. Paul says, flee youthful lusts, pursue peace, righteousness, and purity. Otherwise, we got to start in this church, we got to have sessions where we pray for martyrdom. <laughs> It's a serious thing. You know, sometimes I drive and I'm on the road and I see people just having a nice time living their life. You know, people live their lives. And I think to myself, Lord, you mean to tell me so many of us are not expecting. Says we are not looking for your coming. It didn't disturb me. Because it, it, it shows the spirit that's controlling the times. And even they let, they are falling into this thing. Yeah, when Sharp. You are a scoffer. The Bible says you are a scoffer. 
If you are not looking for his coming, you'll remain. Hallelujah. Yeah, so it's not a Christianity of, you know, grace, fat and sad. Must keep the narrow road. Yeah. One moment you are in, you feel like you're a Christian. The next moment you feel like you... Or the day or you, you, you don't feel like you are and start living like the world. The time or war, it's too late. It's over. It's over. Utolla, Buddhisa Isao. The Bible says he wept. No consolation was given him. Oh, you got the soul of that. Got the soul of that. I will dance. Oh, David, I made it, brother. It's a raceless thing. So. You know, when you, we hear messages like this, we're going home now. Yeah? Sunday after all. Sunday is my time, so. You understand? You understand, Chris? So you must decide a life of holiness or martyrdom. Because there's no, you can't be one feet out, one feet in. Life of holiness and martyrdom. I was praying last week. You know, Jesus stood at my eye. I opened my eye. Jesus, Jesus was standing before me. He said, don't look up. I said, okay. He said, I have a message for you. Tell that one that he will die soon. And then, you know, hey, Jesus, you know, you know, you know what he did, Chris? Yeah? He moved one feet back like this. He moved one feet back like this. And then there was a line drawn. And he said, his one foot is out, his another is out. He says, if he does not change, I will, I will chop both his feet off. That means he will die. That's the Jesus we are dealing with. The Jesus, you know, fine, boy, you can say, I still love you, come here, my Lord. I still love you. I died for you. <laughs> it comes a time when you say enough is enough. You feel that? Yeah. So there's no life of worldliness. It's either holiness or martyrdom. It's either holiness or martyrdom. We'll put a fund, martyrdom fund. <laughs> or when you feel like, hey, this is too much. Roromela, Iraq. We buy you a plane ticket. Hotel, that's not suicide. That's time for Jesus. <laughs> Think we must have that fund, eh? Matrodom fund. Guru, Arab or Nagarim Salwane, Asaza Malkatsile Esha, Remu Bukela Flight, Remu Robela China. Oh Iraq. Yeah, and I remember me like next. Uno ya China. Baba is a family high, no ya China. Fitle dara I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. If I believe, otokola get all. Either way you die. We gotta pray about this thing. Maybe maybe it's from the spirit. 
to save you. Paul added, I have offered them to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that their spirit may be. So this is our way of preserving your spirit, destroying your soul. Amen. Mm. It's tough. Holiness and godliness or martyrdom. No in between. Nana Greg, every month, numbers decrease. People looking. Look at Mark. Look at Mark. We let Japan now. Oh, what name? So we must love the Lord and pursue. A life of holiness, a life of righteousness. Robo neko barain. Little mark one, two, three. Ka seven. You must choose. You see, I'm saying this out like this. We can go on and if the same effect will still happen. This one is better because you are in the loop. At least you know you are told. But when we go to the room and say, Father. His father. You don't want to say, Father, burn. <laughs> Amen. So we need to we need to fix our lives. Okay? We need to internally, not talking about external. Externally, but internally fix your life. <laughs> Let's pursue a life of holiness. And you see, that that is only achievable as we spend more and more time in his presence. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's tough. It's easy, but it's very hard. You see, so we must pursue a life dedicated to serving him, to pleasing him, to loving him, and to honoring him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're blessed? All right. I know some of you are hungry.